You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Daniel Howitt's interview with the director for Strange World, Don Hall, the writer, Key Wynn, and producer, Roy Conley. Whoa! What kind of airship is that? I've never seen anything like it! Baby Clade! What is the president doing in our front yard? Our entire world is in grave danger. I want you to come with me on an expedition. I'm not my father. He was the explorer. I know you were just a kid when he went missing, but now you're all we got. Mr. Clade, I'm a huge fan oh, thank you. of your dad. Do you think you could forge his autograph? What? Where in the world are we? Ethan, you brought the dog? Sorry! We are clearly in uncharted territory. Hello. You probably don't understand a word I'm saying. Of course I understand you. Huh? <laughs> Dad? Dad? Grandpa? I'm a grandpa. What is this place? The cliffs are alive. And the waters dissolve the flesh off your bones. Everything down here is trying to kill us. Do you mind if I call you Splat? You just kind of give me Splat vibes. Ah! Ow! I guess I deserve that. Grandpa's awesome! He is not awesome! You gave me a machete for my birthday? <laughs> Classic Jaeger claimed. I was too. I'm loving this family reunion, but come on! We got a world to save! We need you to figure this out, otherwise we're doomed. We are doomed! Wait, seriously? <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you. <gasps> Didn't see that coming. This is Daniel Howard with Next Best Picture. Uh, Don, Pete, and Roy, thank you so much for taking time to talk with me about Strange World. I'm excited to chat. Great thank to be you. here. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So, uh, Quinn, let's start with you. Uh, this is your second time writing a, a Disney feature, the first time as co-director. Yeah. Uh, where did the idea for Strange World begin for you? Uh, well, the idea actually came from this guy right here, Don Hall. Uh, so it made okay. it really easy because he just told me uh, what he was inspired by. So I'll let him speak. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, so the, the inspiration for this film goes back to probably right around 2018. And I was, you know, what was on my mind then is what's on my mind now. Um, it was started with my kids, you know, thinking about what kind of world are they going to inherit? What kind of world did I inherit from my dad? Um, and wanting to tell a story in animation that dealt with that kind of environmental theme, like what it, what it means to be a good ancestor and to tell that story through three generations. It uh, felt like a really, you know, great vehicle to speak to that. And then, you know, factor in just my, my deep love of adventure films, and it's specifically these type of adventure films where a group of explorers find a hidden world with creatures and monsters. I don't That was it. And uh, so brought Kui in, pitched him the story, and off to the races. Wonderful. And so Kui, what made you uh, want to tag along? What made you uh, draw, what drew you into this story and said, yeah, I need to be a part of this? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's a father-son story that, you know, that, that, that's something that I relate to. I'm, a, I'm a de definitely a, a dad and a, a, you know, a, 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 a son myself. So I know what it's like to have a, a dad that's like kind of yelling at me, and now I have a 13-year-old who yells at me as well. So I know what it is to be in the crux of that. Uh, but I think it was the original pitch. Don was like, hey, I want to do a, a film that's basically like Indiana Jones meets 
National Lampoon's Vacation. And when you hear something like that, like as a writer, you're always asking yourself three questions. Like, where are the engines? What was the entertainment engine, the adventure engine, and the emotional engine of this? And right right away, hearing that, I knew exactly that I, I had the right ingredients to make something super, super fun uh, and emotional. And so that, that made me know that this was a project that I just had to be part of. Well, I was definitely going to ask about uh, inspirations for this film as well. So I'd love to hear from each of you, uh, you know, which which adventure films really most inspired Strange World? You said Indiana Jones, National Lampoons. uh, That's amazing. Uh, What other stories really inspired this? Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com, and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Um, well, I, you know, because uh, we spend a lot of time researching, so, you know, I, I, obviously I wanted to do an, an adventure story that dealt with ex- exploration and discovery and um, hidden worlds. So, um, I, I went back and reread so many of those early adventure novels, you know, starting with Jules Verne, uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, Edgar Rice Burroughs, you know, sort of the, what I think is sort of the birth of the adventure story. And and, um, and so I started there. And and then, you know, of course, watched a ton of films uh, and, and Raiders being, you know, like, uh, yeah. I mean, actually, 310 to Yuma was another one I think we watched oh, wow. early on, oh. uh, which, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd kind of forget because it was a while ago. But um, yeah. we watched yeah, that one together. Yeah, yeah, we did. We watched it a couple times because it, it also dealt with similar themes, even though it was an old West story, you know, different genre. But um, the, the emotional relationships in the film, I, you know, we drew some stuff from. Yeah. I mean, other films, like, I, you know, like, you start to go into, like, Little Must Sunshine was another one that we looked at just for, like, the final comedy of it all. Uh, uh, just personally, I, I love watching Ghostbusters because it was a legitimate action film that, that had sci-fi elements that's also just really funny. And to, to, because, like, when you're dealing with a Disney animated film, you want it to have a lot of humor and a lot of heart. And so uh, combining all that stuff is what made, uh, make, made, also just the inspiration of just, like, great comedic voices. And then we have a cast that is just as equally as funny as all those guys uh, with Jake and Dennis and Jabuki, Gabrielle and Lucy. They just had, they just brought amazing performances and collaborated with us in such a great way uh, to make just a really fun, joyous, uh, and funny movie. And I, I'm always inspired by the worlds that Don creates. You know, there's to, for me, this world was so incredibly beautiful and big and diverse and inclusive and at the same time so reflective of the world we live in and yet you can only visit it through animation so it was really you know it was like perfect material for animation absolutely yeah, this world really can only come to life in this medium and so many adventure movies really emphasize 
greens and forested areas and <laughs> things know. like that. And this this really looks very distinct. So yeah. uh, what were the things that guided you as you built this world for any of you? Well, it, it started with that very thing. Like when you think about, you know, these types of stories, it's jungles or forests, so it's heavily green, heavily earth tones. So, um, and, you know, I just wanted Strange World to be strange. I wanted it to feel like a unique world that, so we tried to strip away some of the more recognizable features from, you know, the terrestrial world or the top world, we'll say. So color-wise, you know, that we, you know, I really kind of drew a line in the sand and said any earth tones or greens or blues are kind of off limits, you know, and, and anything that is overtly um, referencing the top world, let's not do it. And, um, and it forced everybody to think of really weird, interesting color combinations that you normally wouldn't you know, come up with because of those restrictions. Uh, and and shape-wise, I mean, it was, there's so, the shape language of Strange World is, you know, very, you know, a lot of round, uh, very organic, I would say. Pretty much everything looks like it's alive and probably is. Um, yeah. yeah, and to double down on just like how strange the world was, one recognizable thing that we have on the top world, or the terrestrial world, is faces. And so like, you know, eyeballs, noses, mouths, we stripped those things away uh, so we ha so we could have great characters like, you know, Splat and the, and the giant reaper creatures and the, the you know, the, the big uh, pterodactyl-like creatures, but to, to have them express themselves uh, through great pantomime and through sounds and things like that, not just on just like uh, big Disney eyeballs. Like it, it was a really fun way of looking at those creatures in a unique fashion. Well, and from a, a craft standpoint, I think because Don and Kui were making this world so interesting, they were able to go ahead and actually exaggerate some of the character animation in it, which was something that I think is a testament to the quality of this film because we're kind of dipping into our hand-drawn roots, our DNA, with uh, kind of a late 40s, early 50s animation style that is totally unique and hasn't been seen in a long time. And I, I love what they've done there. And with all the creatures too, um, I will say now that I'm thinking about it, we actually started with hand-drawn tests. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, because, so, you know, that's part of it. Like, okay, what is the creature's function in the world? And then how would it move? Because we didn't have a playbook. With Strange World, there was no playbook. Like, we had to make everything up. Nothing, nothing was for free. Trees aren't trees, rocks aren't rocks, grass isn't grass. And these creatures, you know, their design is so unusual that it necessitated a very specific type of movement. Uh, so we did. We actually started with um, some hand-drawn tests. You know, so we did a whole slew of them, and then as a group, we'd get together and, and talk about, you know, what, what worked and what we liked, and then, then from there, kind of wove that into the, the CG. Wow, that's amazing, uh, bringing back the hand-drawn. Was, was there any discussion of trying to weave that into the final product? Uh, to weave the actual, well, not necessarily, because we always knew it was going to be, you know, a CG movie, but um, there's a great, an amazing test that Eric Goldberg did with Splat, because that was the other character that did, we did a lot of 2D hand-drawn um, research before even going into CG, and Eric Goldberg did an amazing test with Splat and Winnie the Pooh. Uh, hopefully, um, we'll be able to show it at some point. But it, uh, it, I loved it because I'd worked with Eric on Winnie the Pooh back in the day, and, and yeah, I, I love those two characters, and never thought of putting them together in a test. But it, it's pretty funny. But the two D influence, I would say, is is you see it also like obviously from the character how they move pose to pose. It wasn't just this like fluid like we were getting away from like how we naturally move and got back to like base, that that kind of central like animation style that we caricature, saw in yeah. caricature animation style 
thought that you saw in like Ichabod Crane and in 101 Dalmatians. But then on top of that, like you, you were just saying how like we also honored literally 2D style at like the opening song of the show, yeah, yeah. as well as like some of the flashbacks. Like we we took those as inspiration guides, as uh, as people who love you know that kind of animation, that kind of look. Uh, so we got to honor that as well in in the in putting the movie together. And I think that DNA is just so indicative of Disney. I mean, it really is. That DNA, you know, is... I think our animators are so incredible, particularly with human characters, because they're able to find that truth in an exaggeration. It's really wonderful. And then still, when you look at the emotional moments, mm-hmm. oh the my nuance. gosh, they hit you mm-hmm. so deep. Very observed. You know, the, yeah. the moment specifically I'm sure you were thinking of too is when Searcher and Jaeger are having sharing a, a beverage uh, after a, a kind of an... A, a sarsaparilla. A, a sarsaparilla after an intense action scene, action scene. And, you know, that's one of my favorite scenes um, because when you look at the animation, it's so observed, it's so subtle. In a movie that's actually really broad... That's a that's a moment where we kind of take it down and it's we embrace the awkward silences that happen with, you know, uh, complicated relationships. Um, and and it feels real. Uh, it's one of my favorite scenes. Yeah. And the complicated relationships are front and center. Um, you know, movies about fathers and sons and really digging into those relationships, I, I feel like aren't as common as, as it sounds like they would be. Mm. Um, so I'd love to hear for each of you, uh, you know, what makes this movie personal for each mm. of you? Maybe maybe which aspects of the, the father-son relationships most uh, appeal to you in this project? I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. Um, well, I'll start off with uh, the Ethan storyline was drawn very much uh, directly from from my life. My dad's a farmer, and um, you know, I was I was growing up learning to follow in his footsteps and farm like like him. And and at a certain point, around the same age as Ethan, around sixteen, um, you know, I, I I it was clear to me that it wasn't. For me, and I had another path, and I wanted to follow this path of animation, and so uh, it was not as dramatic as what happens in the film. <laughs> it was a conversation, um, but that but that idea of you know having to you know at a certain age kind of st- stake your own claim, you know, for for you know your own path uh, was very much my story. Yeah, I think uh, on a less dramatic part, like I think that a uh, small little personal element that, that I love about the film is the relationship that Searcher and Meridian have with Ethan, how they mm. mess with them, with like that kissy scene at the top, and just like how, you know, like I'm married to a very strong woman myself, and just that relationship and how you support each other. Uh, but even with that support, as much as you want to love your kid, like with, with Searcher and Ethan, how 
just that natural inclination of growing up and needing to rebel to find your own path, I'm starting to see that with my 13-year-old. Mm. I used to be their greatest hero for like a good 10 to 11 years of their life, and now in their last two, it has definitely been a, uh, a moment of, <laughs> Dad, get away! Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. It'll cool. come back around. Yeah. You know, okay. I, another, <laughs> what, 20, 30 maybe years? Yeah, like exactly. And, you know, for me, I thought it, the, the whole question of what we're going to be leaving our children, what kind of world do we uh, expect to hand them? And it's such an important question right now and so vital. And, and you know, I think the fact that, uh, you know, Don and Quee have, you know, knitted this into this incredible adventure, it's just, it's a testament to great storytelling. Now, I appreciate you guys hearing your perspectives as dads. I've got twin three-year-old, twin four-year-old now, boys. Oh. So uh, Ooh, you're hearing good how luck, it gets have better. Fun. Good. Give, it t- give it 10 years. <laughs> yeah, you're in it. No, this is a fun time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, enjoy this. Enjoy this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I appreciate it, really. Um, awesome. Well, uh, one last question before you go. You know, uh, we've talked about Splat. We can't go without me asking a question about Splat. Uh, uh, there's a there's a great line. Uh, someone says, "Oh, I want to merchandise you." <laughs> Has it happened? Do we have? I, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I was hoping that one of you is going to pull like a Splat toy <laughs> from under your chair. Uh, do we have those there's on hand today? Not on hand. I don't think we have any here. I think <laughs> no. there's uh, there's some down at Disneyland, I believe, right? Yeah, um, exactly. Now there's there's definitely a Splat plush, and uh, okay. he's iridescent. So. Yeah, you'll you'll Perfect. you'll have fun with him. You'll have fun with him. Perfect. I'm where, where, to are that you, the, where are you, by the way? Uh, I'm looking in Las Vegas. Oh, okay. You're not that far from us then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come uh, to Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'll, I'll swing by. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck with the film, and uh, I appreciate speaking with you today. Thank, oh, thank you so you. much. Thank have a good you. one. Appreciate have a good it. One. Thank you. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to Daniel Howitt's interview with the director for Strange World, Don Hall the writer, Key Wynn, and the producer, Roy Conley, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Strange World is currently playing in theaters from Disney and is available for your consideration this year for Best Animated Feature. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. grown-up me too yep me too but you know these days being a grown-up can really suck luckily we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation we had video arcades and also some of the best tv and movies ever made we lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics the list goes on and on yep generation x exactly and we're gen x grown-up every week the gen x grown-up podcast explores media tech 
toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, GenXGrownUp.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I've never done it. (laughs) I know, right?